the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to repairmycreditnow.com for a free credit report evaluation. Repairmycreditnow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today? I am so excited. We've got a great guest today. It's a little bit different topic than what we've uh, discussed in the past, and today we're talking to Beth Below. Beth serves as a guide to introvert entrepreneurs uh, who want to amplify their strengths and business sustainability uh, through energetically aligning their businesses. She's a professional coach, an author, a podcaster, and speaker. She's based in the Pacific Northwest and serves introverts worldwide. She's written articles in publications such as the Wall Street Journal, Success Magazine, Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, just to name a few. And Beth also authored The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms, which was named one of the best business books by Inc. Magazine in 2015. Beth, welcome to the show. You've got so much going on. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Um, it's awesome to be here. <laughs> well, I tell you what, when I first saw your book, I thought it's 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 a very interesting dynamic because so many people, you know, look at sometimes entrepreneurs as that kind of real outgoing and you know type folks. But um, as I did a little bit of research and and started getting into it, it's just a it's just a very interesting dynamic. But fill in a couple gaps. Tell me a little bit about what I missed in the intro. That's just a little bit about you personally. I see you're from the Pacific Northwest, but are are you from there originally? Is that just where you live now? That's where I live now. So um, yeah, originally from the Midwest and grew up in Kentucky, primarily like from second grade up through undergrad. And then made my round, made my rounds uh, through Illinois and Indiana for graduate school, and then um, settled in Michigan for a few years before moving out to, to Tacoma, Washington. So, it's been it's been quite an adventure. The first time my husband and I came out to Seattle was when he came out for his job interview. Uh, so it's um, it was a, definitely a leap of faith to come out here, but we have definitely enjoyed the environment and uh, and the beauty that's out here. So it's been a good fit. Yeah, I hear this time of the year it is fantastic coming into the summer. Um, oh, it's yeah. a little cold in the winter, but but it's pretty nice this time of year, huh? Yeah, yeah. And the winters are actually rather mild. And what I like is that uh, we don't really get any snow and it stays pretty green. Like our, our grass is actually healthier in the winter than it is in the summer. <laughs> Really? Yeah, because it doesn't rain in the summer, so the uh, the winter is rather um, alive, if you will, especially compared to the Midwest where everything goes dormant. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we're down here in Texas, and in Texas, uh, everything goes dormant because it gets like a hundred degrees, and, mm-hmm. and just 
fries mm-hmm. everything. But uh, yeah. with that being said, um, so so tell me just kind of a, a little bit, uh, you know, about maybe growing up. You said you you know you you were born in Kentucky, and then you know ha, you know how did that transition? Have you always been introverted? Is that something that you feel like is a is a character of yours? Because I, I you and I have talked, and and you don't seem like an introvert to me. But do you self identify? I do. I do. And I actually, I was born in California and um, my family moved, moved around and we landed in Kentucky. Um, But I think all of that moving around, you know, I, I've lived in like, I don't know, six or seven States um, has probably contributed to me exercising some of my extrovert skills. Cause anytime you live, you know, you move somewhere, you've got to kind of start over again, even if you know people. Um, But I've, I've been an introvert. Yeah. All my life and, and didn't have the label until I was in graduate school. Um, I had this, I've always had this fascination with personality tests and assessments and anything that can tell you, you know, anything that could tell me more about myself. And I think that that's often a trait for introverts as well. Um, and so when I was in graduate school, I was messing around, uh, procrastinating on writing a paper and, and was looking at personality tests and found an online uh, version of the Myers-Briggs. And when I came out introverted, I was like, wow, okay, that totally explains everything. And what was most liberating about it, and I think where, you know, as you're saying, like, I don't necessarily come across as introverted, is because we often think of introversion as meaning that somebody is shy, or always quiet, or very, um, you know, very much in the background, and, and not putting themselves out there, when really what it has to do with at its core is where you gain and drain your energy. So in order to prepare for this, you know, I don't have anything after this interview. I didn't have anything before this interview. So I take care of myself around it so that during the time when I am called to put my energy out there or to extrovert as a verb, I can do that. Um, So it doesn't have to do with my, you know, social skills or presentation skills inherently. It has to do with where I gain and drain my energy. Gotcha. So, so can can you go a little bit more in depth to that? Because you know where you gain and drain your energy. So you said before and after you haven't scheduled anything, so you can be focused right. on this. Um, and would you say that like an extroverted person might just like they just show up, surprise, I'm here, let's go. They're like they're ready to roll. <laughs> in an instant? Is that kind of the, the what you're saying there? Um, sometimes, yes. I mean, when I talk about the gain and drain energy, um, introverts gain energy through solitude and quiet and low stimulation environments. So when we don't have a lot of stimulation coming our way, we're able to recharge our batteries. Whereas an extrovert will gain energy through social interaction and through stimulation. So an extrovert is probably more likely to be comfortable doing, you know, five interviews in a row. Whereas I'm like, well, okay, if I have two interviews in one day, I need to space them out because I I want some recovery time in between. Um, Whereas an extrovert might just kind of get on a roll and be like, okay, next one. Okay. I'm jazzed up. Let's go. Let's go. Um, That's not always the case as, as with introverts, it's not always the case that they are, you know, hyper protective of their, of their time because introverts need social interaction. Extroverts need downtime, right? We, we can't just exist, go, 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 or, quiet, quiet, quiet. (laughs) We need both. It's just what is your default for when you need to amp up your energy and recharge yourself? 
you, you know, one of the things I love about doing this show is I get to talk to smart people like you and, and uncover <laughs> things that is like an aha moment that just popped up. And I, and I had a, a lady um, back several episodes ago, Jada Edwards, that is like an expert when it comes to personality training and those kinds of mm. things. And she was talking about, you know, what your natural personality style is when you're like on vacation or at rest, not what you have created for your, you know, your business personality, if you will. But with you just now explaining that, that, that was very interesting of, you know, what, you know, introverts and extroverts, what they need to, to gain and, uh, and drain energy. And I have not heard it explained that way before. Um, that's just a great, that's just a great nugget of information. Cause I do, I, I typically look at folks and think, oh, they're very introverted because they're shy or whatever. And I just yeah. hadn't had it explained that way. So that's, that's great stuff. Now, yeah. one other thing I found out as I was doing a little bit of research, I saw on your Facebook page, you, you look like you're an animal lover. So do you help adopt <laughs> animals out or what's that all about? Um, well, my husband and I are the, we're owned by a, da- a dog and a cat that we both uh, <laughs> adopted at the Humane Society and we're big animal lovers. And so I just, um, I'm a first time doggy mommy. So, uh, you know, at 44 years of age, finally, over the past few years, have been a dog owner for the first time. And so I'm completely in love with my animal and, and am shocked at how much I love dogs. Um, I always thought I was a cat person. <laughs> so, um, so I've certainly done volunteer work before with uh, Humane Society in different cities. But, um, but right now we're just uh, advocates and um, trying to be the best stewards of the animals that we have to take care of while we have them. Yeah, isn't, isn't it crazy how, you know, sometimes I guess cats seem to be, you know, they're kind of their own deal and they're, they're <laughs> lower maintenance. But yeah. the dogs are always like they're always happy to see you, and um, it doesn't matter how bad of a day you've got it. No matter what's going on, they always wag their tail and come on oh, with yeah. you. And we we've got a couple dogs in our family as well, and it is just uh, it's just it's just crazy how that uh, you know how how that works. But uh, they make a huge difference in your life for sure. So, yeah. um, so so you know as we kind of process through, we've got maybe another minute or so in this segment, but. Um, and this is one of those questions that, that we talked a little bit about in the pre-show and, and, it, and it may catch you by a little bit by surprise, but, um, mm-hmm. has there, any, has there been anything that maybe you've changed your mind on in the last five to 10 years, something that you kind of felt like you really believed in, but then you gathered a little more information and then you're like, you know what, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, you know, change, change trajectory here, 180 degrees based upon a little different information. Yeah. And it's, it's actually been around church. <laughs> I used to be very much not a joiner. And I think that that was a lot of my introvert nature. And for any, for a lot of introverts and and depending on one's relationship with church, it can be a very intimidating place. Um, Especially since they're very often extroverted in their greetings and, and in their desire to include you. And they hear you have a good voice and they say, Oh, join that choir, you know, and you don't even know their name yet. (laughs) So, so over the years, um, I've actually been able to, I, I've, I've totally done a, a 180, I guess, and, and flipped to where I've been able to find a community that I feel welcome in and that um, they know I'm introverted and they um, respect that. And it brings out the other introverts in the group. So, so being able to add that particular community to my life has been something that has been very meaningful and something if you had asked me maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I would never have um, predicted. Interesting. Interesting. You know, we've, we've got a, uh, I guess it's kind of a vision statement at our church that this talks about creating an environment where 
um, the unchurched love to attend and the church are fully mm. engaged with God insiders and outsiders. But part of that is, you know, when people come in from outside that they don't, you know, be made to feel like an outsider. And I think that's a problem a lot of times with, with church nowadays yeah. is um, people don't feel comfortable and or they try to make them feel so comfortable that they're like, oh, my gosh, you're smothering me. Exactly. Um, and Overwhelmed. And that, yeah. And that is uncomfortable. So, well, that's great information. And I'll tell you what, I really appreciate you, you know, you sharing that with us. Um, we're kind of nearing the end of this uh, particular segment, but tune in after a brief word from our sponsors when we'll be talking more with Beth about her career pursuits and her experience of becoming an ambitious and introverted entrepreneur uh, and helping others with their ambitions as well, right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. Home ownership. It's the American dream. It's a goal you've always hoped to achieve. You've spent countless weekends looking for the perfect house on the ideal block. The rates are low and you've saved enough for the down payment. Unfortunately, now the mortgage company says there's a little hitch. Okay, let's be honest. It's a gigantic, gargantuan hitch. It's your credit. And it looks like your estimated house payment will be (laughs) a lot www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to repairmycreditnow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle. But if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we have Beth Bilo, and she is an ambitious entrepreneur herself, but she is an ambitious introvert entrepreneur, so much so that she has actually got a podcast, and she's written a book, and just done all kinds of things, and it's it's just very inspirational seeing her get out there and, and do those things. Uh, Beth, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Doug. Great to be here. Yes, ma'am. So let, let's talk uh, a little bit about, you know, when it comes to income and, and the businesses that you have going on, where, where do you generate the majority of your income from right now? Right now, it comes from private coaching clients, primarily, and followed on the heels with uh, speaking engagements. So most of the work that I do is one-on-one, primarily with introvert entrepreneurs that have their own businesses. And sometimes, um, introverts that work in a more traditional work environment, but that see themselves as entrepreneurial or someday want to have an entrepreneurial venture. So a lot of my work is done one-on-one. I'm looking to shift my model a bit so that I'm less reliant on -on one-on-one because as you can imagine, we always hear that, you know, you don't want to be trading time for money, right? Um, And it's, it can be exhausting, especially for an introvert if their days are filled with, one-on-one after one-on-one after one-on-one. 
um, we're often very good on one-on-one, but it's even that, you know, you can't have too much of a good thing. (laughs) And so in order to be, and you mentioned this in the intro, as you described my business, in order to be sustainable, I think it's important, especially for introverts to um, find a revenue model that allows them to generate income one to many. And so that falls into that public speaking area. Um, I'm also going to be branching out and offering mastermind groups. um, And I'm already offering a virtual book group. So those are some additional ways that I'm hoping that um, that revenue balance will start to tilt a little bit more towards the one to many. Gotcha. Now, when you say mastermind group, so would that be mm-hmm. where you're kind of helping to facilitate that? The, the yes. Putting that together? Yes. Are you familiar with what a mastermind is? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, for okay, our great. guests, let's 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 throw <laughs> yeah, it out there because, exactly. um, you know, they, they may or may not be. So um, exactly. go, go into a little bit of depth on, on putting together a mastermind group and what it really is. Yeah, I think the concept of mastermind has been around for a while. I think it was Napoleon Hill that first mentioned it in um, Think and Grow Rich. But, um, you know, where he talked about, and through to this day, you bring together um, a small group of people that you respect um, who are, um, as Brene Brown would say, in the arena. You know, they're they're doing the hard work. They're taking risks. They're putting themselves out there. They're ambitious. Um, but yet they recognize that the um, that bringing great minds together can create something even bigger. So the basic concept is to bring a small group of people together who are ambitious about their businesses, who um, have opportunities and have you know deep challenges, and they want the benefit of a group of uh, people to brainstorm with, to get feedback from, um, to process with. So it's not quite like group coaching because you're not necessarily coaching each other, although you might fall into to that a little bit, but a lot of it is simply um, allowing space for somebody to bring a topic and for the group to weigh in, ask questions, um, offer up resources, and things like that. And I've been part of a mess. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. You said you've been a part of a mastermind group? Yeah, I have been part of a mastermind group. I believe I joined this particular group in August of last year, so August of 2015. And um, it, had, it has been a game changer, I will tell you. Um, it has, it's not just when I have had the opportunity because we rotate in what we call the hot seat of the person who gets the focus for the meeting and gets to present um, with their opportunity or challenges. I've definitely absolutely benefited from that, but then I benefit from what other people bring to the hot seat and just hearing and getting that peek into their businesses and how they operate and what kinds of advice and feedback they get from the other members. So it has been, you know, invaluable, I think, in um, keeping me from feeling isolated, um, keeping me from getting too much in my head and making sure that I'm getting lots of different perspectives. Um, So yeah, it's been super valuable. And when you talk about facilitating and putting together a group of those uh, those types of meetings, what do you envision? Is it is it kind of a um, like one of those or multiple ones of those? Yeah. Well, I plan to do it virtually on a, a platform called Zoom that I just love that we've been using for our masterminds. And right now what I'm planning is to do two groups. Um, I did a survey to find out what people would be interested in. And there was high interest in a general mastermind, which is what I would call the one that I'm part of. Um, so I would be facilitating conversations that would um, basically whatever the entrepreneur, whatever the person 
was whatever was up for them in their business, that's what they could bring. So any topic, you know, wild card, if you will. And then the other one, um, I thought it would be fun to experiment with people that wanted to focus in on a particular area of their business. And public speaking was one that came up very strongly. So I plan to create a group that's dedicated to folks who want to um, boost their capacity and increase their skill in public speaking, whether that's you know, for their business, like out speaking to at conferences or at service clubs or, um, you know, corporations or even the, the uh, leader within a larger organization that has to do public speaking on a regular basis. Okay. All right. And, you know, as you, you know, you kind of have this mantra, this, this, uh, um, like I'm, I've got the ambitious entrepreneur. Ambitious is always on my mind is, is the kind of mm-hmm. the catch, but you've got the, uh, invert on, or in, uh, introverted entrepreneur. How did you kind of first come up with that theme, if you will, or mantra? Mm-hmm. And then what fears did you have as you started looking at, you know, I want to, I want to go for this. How did you kind of reconcile that? When I first started coaching, you know, the thing they tell you when you go through coach training is you need to find a niche, you know, you need to find your ideal market. And at first I thought mine was going to be nonprofit executives, but because that was my background, Um, but it wasn't calling to me, you know, something wasn't sticking. And so I wrote out profiles of all of the clients that I happened to be working with at the time. And I think it was around eight people. And you know, I included what did they come to coaching for? Um, what values did they have? What was their age? You know, what was the demographic information? I was looking for themes. And because I'd always been interested in a topic, over in the margin, I wrote down whether I thought they were an introvert or extrovert. And I noticed that seven out of the eight were introverts. And I thought, huh, that's kind of interesting. And I put it away. (laughs) I didn't think of that as a market until about six months later when I was in a workshop and we were talking about target markets and the facilitator used the term psychographics, which gets into, you know, values, hobbies, interests, um, you know, all of the intangibles that make you who you are besides the demographics. And somehow I put two and two together, like right there. And I said, I coach introverts. Um, and, and it sounds kind of strange, but it was just one of these things where introvert entrepreneur just kept popping and popping and popping. And the fear I had was, and this will sound kind of strange, but I thought, what if I only attract introvert entrepreneurs? Because at the time I had sort of an even mix of clients of people who were leaders and business owners, plus people who were coming for like what I would say pure life coaching. So it had less to do with work and more to do with just who they are on this planet. And I wasn't sure I wanted to draw that line in the sand. But then a friend said, well, so what? What if that's what happens? And I said, oh, yeah, you're right. So what? And what's happened, of course, is that I haven't just attracted introvert entrepreneurs. I've attracted extroverted entrepreneurs. I've attracted introverted leaders, um, extroverted leaders. You know, So it's, it's about you know, where are you going to spend your core energy, your core message, and then the the people with whom that resonates that don't fall into that core, they're going to be attracted to you anyway. You know, those folks are going to, to show up. And I think there's just tremendous power in being able to find that core and then trusting the rest will follow. So that fear was real, but it was rather short-lived um, because it proved to be, what did they say, false expectations appearing real is yep. how you say fear. So um, that's exactly what it was. 
you know, that that is really great stuff for our ambitious listeners. And guys, if you like what you're hearing uh, and you want to be notified of these upcoming shows, you can text the word ambitious, A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S, to 69922. That's 69922. Standard messaging rates will apply. See the website for full details. After a brief break, we're going to be back talking more to Beth about what she's planning next right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. start shopping for a car, you go in thinking that this time you're really going to get a great deal. Then the haggling starts. You have to fence with a salesman over the price, then verbally joust with a finance manager over the interest rate and all the extras they want to sell you. By the time you get out of there, you're glad to have escaped with your watch and rings. Stop the insanity. There's a better way. And that's to lease your next car from Autoflex Leasing. Call the leasing specialist at Autoflex and you'll find that getting your next car can be fast, easy, and fun. Your Autoflex specialist leases all makes and models, both new and used. They'll also pick up your trade-in for an appraisal and deliver your new car to your home or office. Imagine leasing your next car and never having to go to a dealer. Happens every day at Autoflex Leasing. To see for yourself, call Autoflex today at 817-972-234-1234 or reach them at autoflex.com. Autoflex Leasing, a better way to lease your next car. Back in here on the show, it's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number, you have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and what a great interview we have here. I'm just loving all the great content that I'm getting. Hopefully you guys are enjoying as well. We've got Beth Belo here with us, and she is an ambitious introvert entrepreneur and she's done so well with that that she's written a book and has a podcast and you know there's all kinds of great things she's been recognized in many magazines written uh, articles and in ink and uh, success and all kinds of things so you know Beth let, let's talk for just a moment about the things that you've worked on and how you um, you know how, how you got into those magazines how did you write those things and come up with that and then kind of what's next on your on your list of things to do yeah, well, I think I, I would go back to what I was saying before about the power of a niche. Um, I think that has been the biggest um, point of entry to being able to be noticed and get a foot in the door in various publications and, and as well as podcasts. Um, podcasts have been one of my favorite um, outlets for reaching people and for sharing my message. And that sounds a little bit ironic since introverts tend to like to write more <laughs> um, than we like to talk. Um, but I'm finding that uh, having this kind of conversation, it, it is energizing and it is refreshing because I find myself saying something new every time <laughs> that I'm like, where did that come from? Maybe you've had that experience before in, in interviews. Um, but um, but the power of, you know, having that really clear niche, I think, is what has made me stand out. And um, just like you said, you know, when, when we were chatting offline that um, you see the name introvert entrepreneur and you're like, huh what is that about? You know, that's really curious or that's a contradiction. Um, so in some ways, and this has worked to my introvert advantage, I've let my niche do the heavy lifting. So I have to, I have to be honest, you know, I, I have not done a ton of 
proactive reaching out and saying, hey, you know, here's a story, I've been able to attract a little bit more than I've um, had to put out. Um, and that said, I'm recognizing that there are so many opportunities that I might be leaving on the table that if I were to start to leverage those those um, stories a little bit more and start putting myself out there a little bit more, I could probably increase that exponentially. And I'm not saying that because I'm fabulous or because the topic is fabulous. I'm just saying that there are people out there, there are magazines and newspapers and online blogs, they are starving for content, right? They have a content monster that they need to feed. And so having um, confidence in your message, having faith that you have something really unique to offer, um, that's sometimes all you need. You know, you don't need to overthink it or get really fancy with it. Um, you know, certainly think about it, <laughs> but, but I think we can get caught in this overthinking. It has to be perfect. Um, just start putting it out there. And what happens and what happened for me was once you get mentioned like Ink Magazine, um, I, I think I, I got one you know, opportunity to be quoted in a piece. And then before I knew it, I would just start getting queries from other writers who said, I saw you quoted in this other piece, and I thought I would check with you as a resource. So sometimes it, it, it truly is this, you know, kind of you, you break in on one level, and that starts to open up the other doors. And, and was that, would you say, was that before or after you wrote the book? That was before, and I would say that that was pivotal to being able to get a publishing deal for the book, because it showed that um, that mainstream media, you know, that publications like Inc. or Success um, saw value in my message, which meant that I had a platform. And for any you know ambitious entrepreneur, for any introverted entrepreneur, um, having a platform is extremely important I think you know of course it probably depends on your business but if your peers have platforms and by that I mean you know a strong social media presence presence in um, mainstream media a, a strong online presence that you have created yourself like through your blog or a podcast or your website um, your platform is is your community basically and people want to see that you have a large community Absolutely. Now, let me ask you, what's your favorite thing to do? So out of all the, whether it's articles, blogs, you know, podcasts, mm -hmm. writing, you know, books, what is your favorite thing to do? Oh, I think it would be a tie, if that's fair to say, uh, between podcasting and writing. Um, and in some ways, I enjoy the podcasting even more because, like I said, it, it seems like unexpected things come up when I start talking. <laughs> um, writing is I can be much more intentional and deliberate. Uh, but when I talk, because I'm not used to thinking out loud, sometimes strange things pop out, and that can be good <laughs> and surprise me, um, and that can be uncomfortable. So I feel like when I'm pushing myself and doing something like a podcast interview or my own podcast, that's where I'm growing the most. Like the writing is very comfortable, and I love it, and... I think that the podcasting has where is where I've definitely stretched and has grown me I've grown myself as an entrepreneur through it. That's great. You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, we often like to ask is, you know, what are you doing to grow? And obviously you say you've got the podcast um yeah. and you're interviewing folks. Are there other things that you do to grow on a regular basis? Mm, be part of my mastermind group. I would say that that's absolutely um, a key thing. And then do things that don't have anything to do with my business, like photography. Um, 
you know, I think a lot of introverts are drawn to photography for various reasons. You know, we get to put something in between us and the world and it plays to our observational skills. Um, but over the years, I've, I feel like, um, my interest in photography and my desire to get out and do it and to learn more and to grow has kept my curiosity alive and it's kept my beginner's mind alive um, because, you know, if we've been doing something for a while, we can get kind of complacent and think we know it all when we, of course, we really don't. Um, but, you know, just as I think, oh, I'm taking good photos, I see other photos that are just fantastic. And I think, okay, you know, here's, here's the growth edge that I have to step into. So I would absolutely say that, you know, getting out and stretching my artistic side has been um, one way I feel like I've grown overall as both, you know, just a human being as well as an entrepreneur. Gotcha. Now, when it comes to, let's say, for instance, uh, you know, you've written a book and, and you, you got it published. Do you envision writing additional books? And, and then kind of the follow up to that is as it relates to the podcast. Do you see that being a perpetual uh, show that you do on an ongoing basis or is it for a season? And then, you know, like you said, it gets where, you know, you've done it a whole bunch and then it's like, OK, on to the next. Yeah. Right now, it's interesting you ask that question right now. I just published my 117th episode, I think. So I've been doing it since 2010. So this is um, my sixth year anniversary of the podcast. And I'm finding that it's time to kind of maybe put the brakes on a little bit and step back um, and just assess and say, okay, so where has it been? Where is it going? Um, what do I, how is it, um, is it still serving its purpose? And I say that not because I think the answer is going to be no, and therefore I stop, but it's more, it's time, it's, it's time to do a process check, if you will. Um, so, so I do definitely see the podcast continuing as long as it is interesting and I have interesting guests and enjoy doing it. Um, and I am contemplating my next book and have a tentative, you know, uh, topic, that my agent has been encouraging on. And so, uh, so now my attention is kind of turning to that as well. Well, you know, it's always exciting, you know, when you've got things going on and you're trying to figure out what's next and how do you kind of go through that thought process and, and, mm -hmm. Uh, it's, 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 it's exciting. It's always good to kind of reinvent yourself and have new things going on. And I think, um, for folks that kind of get in the mundane day to day, that's, that's why a lot of people, uh, you know, want to be entrepreneurs or they think they do because they're tired of their job, but you yeah. really got to evaluate, uh, cause there's a lot of unintended consequences of being an <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. Sure. Um, it can get kind of crazy. Um, so, so, you know, you've got your mastermind group, but in addition to that, do you have anyone that's mentoring you or any Anyone that you're following? Um, you know, I just, I actually just wrapped up working with my coach and I would say after about five and a half years. And so I feel like I'm in a transition place with that. But, um, but I would still say that, you know, the, the business coach that I had um, was definitely a mentor and someone who uh, I think has made a huge impact on who I am as an entrepreneur and how I coach other people. So, so I would say the coach that I just um, completed my work with um, is one, and I feel like I'm I I, I tend not to um, I tend to be a little bit rebellious about following people. Does that sound strange? Um, no, no. <laughs> I see a lot of people who 
kind of uh, fall into line behind the, you know, quote unquote gurus. And, and I find myself resisting that because what I notice is that they become more of a megaphone for those voices as opposed to um, taking the information, processing it, and figuring out what's their own voice with it. So I, I noticed that myself. Like I noticed in a podcast interview I did maybe a few months ago that I quoted or I cited like three or four different people and I was doing that and it was great and it, it um, added value to the conversation, but I hadn't taken it as far as to say, okay, so that's what so-and-so says about this. What do I think about it? Um, how does it apply to my work? How does it apply to the work of my clients and the people that are in my community? So I've, I've kind of resisted um, that, that kind of uh, place of, of saying, you know, I'm a big fan of or following so-and-so. So I, I like to learn from a lot of people and then try to take that information and figure out how it applies. I, I love that answer. That's that's probably one of the best answers I've, I've heard so far <laughs> after asking that question. So, you know, you just take a, a bunch of different things, adapt them, and you're not doing the monkey see, monkey do. Right, uh, that, right. That you see so many people out there doing. So, well, that's yeah. That's, a, that's incredible. It really is ambitious times here. And again, after we hear a brief word from our sponsors that make this possible, we'll be discussing more with Beth what she does to recharge her ambitious body, mind, and spirit right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Were you recently notified by a major retailer that there was a data breach and that your personal information had been compromised? When was the last time that you viewed all of your credit reports? Was it when you refinanced your home or maybe when you purchased a new car a couple of years ago? If so, go to roadtoblack.com. Come to make sure that you have not been a victim of identity theft. You might have also recently heard that more than 21 million government employees and contractors' personal data was breached, including their social security numbers. Roadtoblack.com offers credit monitoring with alerts, score tracking, and a score simulator. Could you be at risk? Only if you have a social security number. Roadtoblack.com offers a one-stop solution with the credit information you need to stay informed. You can review your past credit history, check your current credit scores, and even use a credit simulator tool to get insight into what your credit could look like tomorrow. Just go to roadtoblack.com to see what's on your credit today. That's road, the number two, black.com. Roadtoblack.com. And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to ambitiousradio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and we have just a fabulous guest today. We've got Beth Bilo. She is a successful invert entrepreneur. She's a writer. She's much, much more podcaster. I mean, she's just unbelievable, and I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know her uh, over the last uh, hour or so. So now we're going to talk about the things that really uh, you know, fill you, things that drain you, you know, how you kind of recharge that ambitious body, mind, and spirit. So let's just jump right in. You talked in the beginning a little bit about what fills and drains 
introverts and extroverts. But let's talk about you. What are things that you do that just that just drains the life out of you? And then how do you go back <laughs> in and refill that? Yeah, well, it's so it's uh, the things that drain me do tend to be um, large. You know, it's kind of the stereotypical introvert things, you know, large gatherings where especially if I don't know people, um, it's uh, it's a little more stressful. Like I can go to a large event that if I know people, if I know even two or three people, um, that's a little bit more comfortable, but it was still exhaust me. But what I've done is I say, okay, so if I have to go to an event that is large, I don't know people, but it's important for me to go, like it's somehow related to my industry or it's um, something I have a personal interest in. If I can, I will tell myself, you know, you only have to go for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And at the end of that 20 or 30 minutes, if you feel like leaving, you can leave. So that's one way I kind of take care of myself in those situations that really drain me. And, and that would be true for, for just about anything um, if I have that option. So um, so often those those drain me. And even though I was, you know, talking about my church, even sometimes, um, you know, I'll go to church, but I won't go to coffee hour because going to coffee hour is like just that one step more that, you know, I, I feel full from the service, but then going downstairs. And even though I love and adore these people, it, if it, starts to push me over into that exhausted side, then it kind of diminishes the fullness that I felt during the actual service. Does that make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and and just to kind of add a little bit or, or dig a little deeper. So when you, mm -hmm. when you tell yourself, you know, Hey, I've only got to go for 20 or 30 minutes and mm -hmm. that's kind of how you, you know, mentally jump over that hurdle and then you get there. And then once you get there, do you find that you typically hang out for a little bit longer? And it, yes, it absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's like give yourself kind of the minimum amount of time that um, it often you need to warm up to the space, to warm up to the people in the room and to get a read on the situation. Um, I do know some introverts who will say like, I didn't, I went to the event, but I didn't even get out of my car. And I drove home or I went in, I was there for about five minutes. I stopped into the bathroom and then I left, <laughs> you know, so I think by stretching ourselves a little bit and saying, I'm going to give it 20 minutes. That's often about how long you need to warm up to it. And then often you find, oh, I've had a really good conversation or um, this food's really good. I think I'll hang out a little bit more, <laughs> you know, whatever it is that might keep you in this space. Um, it usually takes about that much time. And I, I have been like the last person to leave an event before, believe it or not, um, because I think once you find a few people that you can chat with, that you can have those one-on-one -on -one conversations with, and you get more comfortable, um, you can relax and, and just let it be fun. You know, take off the pressure that you, you feel walking into the room of, you know, I have to be a certain way or I have to do certain things. Um, just show up, you know, just show up. And um, I think after that 20 minutes, usually you realize that that's the most important thing. Now, let me ask you, do, do you do you still find yourself, though, every once in a while hitting the eject button? So you're 20 minutes into it and you're like, ah, I don't like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. Out of here. <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay. And, I'm, and, okay. and I think the important thing about that is because you've given yourself permission, you know, you're not apologetic about it. You don't have to defend your choice to anyone. You don't feel guilty about it. You say, I came, I saw, I left. And, and that's okay. You know, you're taking control of it and you know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, it's not a default, you know, sort of knee jerk reaction. 
and and in the uh, kind of the first segment, you mentioned that um, like in this situation, you know, you, you're doing a podcast, so you took some time off before. You've not, nothing scheduled afterwards. So do you to recharge from that event? Let's say that you go there, and for whatever reason, you are not feeling it. You gave it, you know, yep. you gave it a, a a try, and then you're like, I'm out of here. Twenty minutes, I'm gone. Do you have a any kind of recovery? Anything that you do to kind of like get back to your your happy place? Napping. napping I think napping is like the ultimate introvert reboot um I I often joke that when I I moved out of my home office and am leasing an office in downtown Tacoma and the first piece of furniture I got was a napping couch um because I know that um after I've done something where I really am exerting myself if at all possible it's it's really uh the best recharging I can do is to be able to take a power nap so that's that's always my go-to if I possibly can. Otherwise, it's just put myself into a lower stimulation environment so that, you know, I don't carpool, which I know is bad for the environment. Um, but it's, you know, I need that time in the car by myself. So that's another example. Don't worry about it. Nobody in Texas carpools. If they're <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest, they do that. Not down here. So you're, you're good. You're good in my book. I know. I'm kind of against the, the grain, although I, I see so many people not in the HOV lanes that I know I'm not alone in my uh, my uh, resistance to carpooling. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say this. The, the, the tree huggers of the world are probably not going to like me, but I'm like, hey, eliminate the, the HOV lane, and then it'll give us the other four lanes, you know, one more lane, 24 percent more productivity to move down the road I but uh, myself too i know i know <laughs> so place you like to go vacation or anything like that are you a vacationer yeah um love to vacation whenever possible um and don't do it enough <laughs> but my husband and i love to go um to traverse city michigan which usually probably isn't high on uh, a lot of people's place but um we have a summer cabin there that is in the woods on the water and um, we lived there for a little over seven years, and my husband grew up his summers there. So we have friends. We um, love the land, um, love the water, love sailing. And so um, so Traverse City is kind of our happy place. And um, we go there every summer, and someday we'll, we'll go back for good. Um, but that's our, that's our happy place. We also love um, uh, Santa Barbara, California. You know, we love uh, Paso Grill, which is near um, St. Pete Beach in Florida. So we have, you know, we have some other little spots, but uh, Traverse City is kind of our heart home. Cool. And let's talk about, as we kind of just wrap up here at the end, let's talk about, you mentioned getting naps and those kinds of things, but as far as yep. rest goes and, and that work-life balance, do you feel like you got yep. a good work-life balance and have that figured out? And then how much rest do you get, you know, at nighttime? Yeah, I'm working on the work-life balance, and I will say that getting an office outside my home has helped with that because it's helped draw boundaries. So, work, you know, home isn't just like a fluid work office home kind of thing. It's truly the place to relax and connect um, with my husband, connect with my animals, and and um, anything else. So, um, so I would say that's been a really important part, and um, and I still am working on it. I mean, you know, as you know, and I'm sure many of the listeners, being an entrepreneur, it's kind of on your mind, not quite twenty four seven, maybe sometimes, but um, you know, you you don't quite turn off uh, that particular instinct or impulse or desire. So. Um, so I'm okay with that, you know, and, and my husband has been really excellent with helping me to draw boundaries. 
-hmm. I would say, you know, supporting that, telling me, you know, that he wants me to be more present or, you know, things like that. And that's good incentive to, to be working on that. Um, so, so, and I love to get my rest, you know, eight hours of night, eight hours of sleep at night is, um, ideal. The napping, you know, I, I make no apologies for needing my, my rest. I don't quite get the people who say you can sleep when you're dead. Um, cause I'm like, I can sleep now too. And I'll enjoy it. I won't know I'm sleeping when I'm dead. <laughs> I love sleep. So let me have it. Hey, I, I agree with you. I, I need I need my sleep also. So that's uh, I get it. Uh, so so let's let's do this real quick. If uh, if you could make uh, one request or or leave our listeners with one thing that that you would um, like for them to do, um, what what would you say that you would uh, you, you'd like for for the listeners to do for you? Oh gosh. Um, so I do like to engage. Um, you know, I, w- I would love to connect with people, especially on my Facebook page. That that's our most active community, um, and to you know just to, to respond to what's being shared. <laughs> that sounds kind of basic, but um, you know, it, I think as entrepreneurs, it, what's been a gift to us as social media is the the feedback loop that we get. And so I like to hear, you know, what resonates and what doesn't. And, and that helps inform what direction I go. That helps inform the next book, um, the next mastermind offering. So to, you know, to move out of, especially introverts, I think we tend to be lurkers, lurkers, L-U-R-K-E-R-S, and, and don't engage as much maybe, or don't feed into that feedback loop. So my invitation would be not just with me, but for any entrepreneur, any, any person that you um, connect with that resonates with you, um, be part of the conversation um, because it, it really does make a huge difference. That is fantastic, and I really want to tell you how much we appreciate you coming on the show, and we'll put uh, links on the show notes page to everything we've got here, and we'll put a link to your uh, to your Facebook, and, and that way folks can interact and let us know what you think. Um, as always, you know, subscribe and rate and review. Let us know what you think about the interviews because uh, we want to give you good quality content. And I know that, um, you know, all the listeners out there, you, you give all kinds of great information all the time. But it, it's also good for our interviewees to let them know, you know, what you thought about it and, and how they did and, and how they can, um, you know, just the great content that they provided to you. So thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, Beth Belo, what a great uh, interview. Uh, introvert entrepreneur go buy the book guys it's the introvert entrepreneur and it's uh, we'll put a link to it on the on the page as well but I'm sure you can get it at Amazon and everywhere that great books are sold Beth thanks for coming on the show ma'am Doug it was fabulous thanks for your awesome questions yes ma'am well thanks to our sponsors for making this possible here on ambitious radio we could not do it without you and tune in on Wednesdays to Ambitious Radio, where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations and others. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.